You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 12th of October. I'm Paul Ward from our Customer Treasury Unit and I'm joined this week by AIB's Chief Economist, Oliver Mangan, to discuss recent developments on the financial markets. Good morning, Ollie. Good morning. Uh, central banks and inflation concerns are grabbing all the headlines recently. And there was an article of interest on the front pages of the FT, which was entitled Central Banks, Central Bankers Voice Inflation Fears. What are we hearing from the main central banks about these inflation fears, Ollie, can I ask? Well, if you go back to earlier on in the year when we had the uh, rise in inflation was expected this year um, as the price falls we saw last year unwound, the big jump in energy costs, the economies reopened, etc. But uh, central bankers have been assuring us through the year that the, the rise in prices would be temporary, the pickup of inflation would, would, wouldn't last that long, and that over the course of 2022 and 2023, inflation would fall back to target or below target again. And they expected that to happen quite quickly. I think what's happened over, certainly since the summer, we have seen increasing supply bottlenecks across the world in terms of the flow of goods from producers to the market. We have seen tightened labour market conditions. We have seen uh, shorter workers in a lot of economies in particular sectors. And we've seen fresh upsurges in energy prices, particularly gas, but also oil. Oil has gone, Brent has gone to above $80 a barrel. So that's a lot more than central bankers had anticipated. And we're beginning to see them roll back somewhat. Now, they, they still believe that the rise in inflation will will be temporary. But I think they're coming around to the view it may take a bit longer for inflation to fall back than they originally anticipated. But can I ask you, Wally, are the three central banks, the three main central banks, are you on the same page in that regard or are they at different points, do you think, in terms of the... The, 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 the central banks are broadly of the view that inflation will fall back. Um I think more concern has been expressed in the UK about the Bank of England. One, the unemployment rate there is much lower than anticipated. It's, it's lower than the Eurozone, it's lower than the US. You know, it's in around 4.5%. Yeah. Now, I know that the furlough scheme has end, ended in September, it may pick up somewhat, but that's far tighter than they would have anticipated coming out of the recession. Uh, the economy is rebounding strongly. And obviously, in the case of the UK, Brexit difficulties are, are adding to the problems in terms of, of the interruptions of supply chain. Uh, you know, Brexit has impacted trade. But also in the UK, it's creating acute labour market shortages because yeah. of the clampdown in migration. And you know, the, the, the UK government has been quite open in saying that what, what I would like to see is a rise in wages uh, in the UK to attract more British people into the workforce rather than rely on immigration. Now, if you have upper pressure on prices and then you see wages starting to rise, yeah. uh, well, then you could be into a wage price spiral. So I would say it's fair to say that the concerns are more acute uh, in the UK than elsewhere that the pickup in inflation could be more permanent. And we've seen that in terms of the reaction of fixed income markets, bond markets over the last or over the last couple of months. I mean, bond yields have risen everywhere as inflation has picked up. Concerns are expressed about the duration of the pickup in inflation. But the rise in bond yields has been more pronounced than in the UK than elsewhere. So there's been a much sharper rise in, in long-term interest rates in the UK than, let's say, in the US or in the Eurozone. So what does that mean for, for interest rate expectations then from the three central banks? Yeah, well, the I think it's fair that the markets over the last three or four months have brought forward when they think rates will start to rise. Okay. Now, in the case of the Eurozone, the greatest amount of spare capacity is in the Eurozone economy. Unemployment is higher there than elsewhere. Uh, and the central banks have probably adopted the strongest line. I'd say the ECB has adopted the strongest line 
in terms of the rise in inflation proven temporary, a lot of slack in the eurozone economy. But nevertheless, uh, over the last, since the summer, the, the, the date for the first rate hike has been brought forward from the middle of 2024 to the middle of 2023. But remember, we're coming off negative rates in the eurozone. So yeah. talking about moving uh, rates becoming less negative. In the case of the US, um, they're expected to start winding down their, their QE program in November, December. That will take them into the middle of next year. So a rate increase in the US is not envisaged until late next year. Okay. Now, if you go to the UK, though, markets are really brought forward the, the, their expectations in terms of rate increases. They, they even think rates could probably may even rise before end year. It's probably more likely to be early next year. But what the markets are now pricing in for the UK is actually three quarter point increases in UK rates over the course of next year. So we could see th- what the markets are saying. We could have three rate rises in the UK before we even see the first rate rise in, in the US and well before any rate rise in the Eurozone. So that reflects those concerns around inflation being maybe a more difficult problem, a protracted problem in the UK. In the than UK elsewhere. Yeah. And probably you know, the central bankers, the Bank of England governor, the chief economist, have been indicating that you know rates may have to rise in the UK next year. Central banks in the US and in the, the Eurozone are not saying that. I mean, rate increases, that those two economies are much further down the line. But is it likely then those rate increases that we possibly will see in the UK in 2022 will stop at that point, do you think, Ollie, or will they extend into 23, 24? Yeah, well, it's interesting. The forecasts are the UK economy obviously rebounding strongly this year, that that will continue next year. But both fiscal and monetary policy are expected to be tightened next year in the UK and into 2023. And the expectation is that we will get quite a slowdown in the pace of economic growth in the UK from 20. 2023 onwards, right. you know, growth could decelerate to one and a half to two percent. That would certainly bring inflation down. So what the, what the markets have done with the UK rate increases is not that they're pricing in very severe uh, monetary tightening. They look for maybe three rate increases next year, possibly another rate increase taking rates up to one percent in 2023, yeah. but leveling off after that as the economy right. slows down. But they think that Bank of England may have to get out in front here and have air rate increases than elsewhere. So, uh, like, if you look at the US, yeah, the, the rate increases are really substantial rate increases are built in, but for 2023 and 2024, not next year. And rates in the US are seen as getting to 1.5% or 1.75%, okay. but at a, at a much further stage down the road than in the UK. I'll come back to the payrolls in a second because I want to ask you about the figure on Friday. But before I do, so the picture you're painting here at the moment is we could be looking at interest rate differences again between the main the main uh, currencies. And we go back a number of years ago, it was probably one of the strong arguments as to why the dollar was strong against the euro. So do we envisage that potentially, Ollie, over the next whatever, maybe year or so in terms of if interest rates in Europe are not really changing, but yet they're gone up in the UK and gone up in the US, could they be supportive of the currencies there? Yeah, we're, we've already seen a bit of a strengthening of the dollar in the last month or six weeks as expectations grow that the Fed will start tapering. Now, that means scaling back its quantity easing program for the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we get, but rate increases are a long way down the road yet. They're still well over 12 months away in the US. So it's been a, it's been a gradual rise in the dollar. Uh, and you see the euro has dropped down to maybe 115, 116. Yeah. But it's not a collapse or anything like that. It has been at 170, 180, 119 since mid-year. So because the rate increases in the U.S. are so far away, it hasn't triggered a significant rise in the dollar. Now, it has, it has strengthened, but by not a lot. It's been modest enough. Uh, Sterling is a much more difficult currency to, to call. Um, 
normally as you say rate increases should be positive for a currency but if they're driven because of inflation concerns or your balance payments difficulties they're actually negative factors for a currency yeah so if you look at sterling against the euro it still remains quite range bound it's, it's you know it's still that 85 86p range and we haven't seen a significant uh, reaction in the in the currency markets in the uk to that sort of growing expectations that we'll have a, a number of rate hikes from the Bank of England next year. Yeah. Markets are trying to work out, is there an inflation problem out in the UK? Uh, you know, so they, they haven't really put, put their bets on yet in terms of sterling, where it might move to. I said, normally higher rates will be supportive of a currency, but if it's because there's underlying inflation problems or balance of payments problems, then it can be a negative for the currency. So further out, you would have to say, um, our view has been, it's been hard. We, we haven't been calling major moves in currencies this year. But our bias has been towards a stronger dollar in particular uh, yeah. as we get near US rate hikes. And the fact that, you know, really the, the euro has been a weak currency since the, the ECB moved negative interest rates back in 2014. So it's hard to see upside for the euro, um, but you could certainly see um, upside for the dollar. And I think it'll be gradual um, okay. uh, next year. And sterling, hard to call i mean there's the, 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 there's a lot of political uncertainty there yeah uh you know brexit could overshadow the economy for quite some time if there's labor market shortages higher wage inflation that's not great for uk growth prospects but at the same time higher rates should support the currency so that they can see there's this this there's i suppose there's offsetting influences impact hysteria at the present time and as a result it's it has remained quite range bound versus the euro I mentioned there, I'll come back to the payrolls from last Friday. Disappointing figure, firstly, Ali, below 200, expectation was 500. I know there was a revision from, I think, July and August. You might comment on that yeah. for me. But I suppose the question I want to ask you is, you mentioned there that, look, some of this dollar strength that we've seen probably talks about the expectation of what we might see coming out of the Fed. So do these numbers impact on any potential decisions coming in November from the Fed? Uh, and, and just your, yeah, your thoughts on that maybe first. Yeah, well, I think there's no doubt um, that the, the payrolls figure came in lower than expected. That's absolutely true. But on the other hand, the unemployment rate continues to fall and it dropped from 5.1 to 4.8% in the US. So that's lower than, you know, that's that's a quicker decline in unemployment. So the Fed is looking at a tightening labor market here. There are concerns that, um, you know, payrolls in the States, uh, that's the level of employment remains well below where it was pre-pandemic. And job growth has slowed over the last couple of months. And people are are saying the re-emergence of high case numbers in relation to COVID, uh, there is a, a cohort within the population that's reluctant to go back to work, don't want to take transport, etc. But especially with such a large portion of the population not being vaccinated. So that's seen as, and, and the other factor, it's only um, this, sorry, it was only in September that the income support payments that were put in place that, that we've seen here, that it, they're put in place in the US as well. It's only September that they were wound up. So that might encourage more people to come back into the workforce over yeah. the remaining months of the year. So I think the data, they're not overly weak. Uh, the unemployment rate is falling quite rapidly. So I think in those sort of circumstances, the, the strong indications from the Fed are that they would like to commence. Now, what we're talking about here is scaling back over a period of time the, the quantity easing program or the bond purchase program, which is run at 120 billion per month. Yeah. So they can take the time scale, they can start it and, and uh, you know, they can take the time in terms of what pace they want to do that. And uh, they could start it slow. And if the data pick up again, the labor market jobs growth picks up, they can accelerate the pace at which they run down their asset purchases. So I think they'll give themselves um, room for maneuver here, but I do think at, at the, 
it's, it's in early November of the next Fed policy meeting. I would expect that there was a signal that they will start commencing um, this so-called tapering or scaling back their, their bond purchases before the end of the year. Okay, and as you said, Ollie, I think earlier on, probably don't expect the first rate increase till the end of 2022 from the Fed. Yes, well, the Fed has more or less indicated that it won't start to hike rates until it's completely wound down as asset purchase program. Okay. That's going to take, you know, eight, nine months. So you can see why for starting late on the year, we're, we're looking at really next autumn uh, before we see rate hikes at the earliest. And the market's in quarter four before the end of the year, we get the first rate increase in the US. All right. Okay, Ollie, many thanks for the update and a big thanks to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast. To stay up to date with the latest market developments, please subscribe to AAB's Market Talk wherever you get your podcasts. For those customers impacted by the pandemic, you can find details at AIB support packages at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Many thanks. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.